Welcome to the Senior Living 411 series. The information shared in this show is for general informational purposes only and should not be used to make any personal changes to your lifestyle or health without consulting the appropriate financial, medical, or healthcare professionals. show is a special show and as you know for the entire month of fall prevention November is fall prevention month and for the entire month we've been presenting on various topics as they relate to fall prevention. Tonight we'll be discussing the 411 on the realities of having a stroke. Now strokes are silent killers because you may not have any warning at all or it could be something so subtle it's almost imperceptible. Other symptoms of a stroke are harder to miss, such as loss of vision in one eye, double or blurry vision, slurred speech, and the inability to form words. My warning is if you have any symptoms of a stroke, call 911, even if you're not sure what it is, because the minute you have a stroke, you start losing brain cells. After experiencing a stroke, survivors can begin to recover through rehabilitation. However, recovery from stroke is a process that survivors need to continue throughout their lives. Formal stroke rehabilitation is important for survivors to regain their independence and control of body movements and functions. I have a special guest, Dr. Jennifer Richards tonight, joining me for our discussion. Now, Jen Dr. Jennifer Richards is a doctor of theology and is a certified temperament analyst in chaplaincy. Hope I said that right. She provides counseling in grief and loss, depression, anger management, and conflict resolution, domestic disputes, disputes and she's also licensed to perform weddings. Through it all, Dr. Richards is also a stroke survivor. Tonight, she will share her journey of having a stroke, going through rehab, and continuing to push forward in her desire to obtain her PhD and continue to help others as she pushes through her own challenges. I also have on the call tonight, Alpha King will be joining us. So approximately 10 years ago, while sitting in a hospital room with his mother, while she was awaiting cancer surgery, Alpha was there to witness her experiencing many strokes right before his eyes. He was then plunged into the world of senior home modifications four years ago, after his mother, who was now in her 80s, fell down the basement stairs. Tonight, he will share his experience with us. As for me, for those of you who haven't joined this show before, my name is Desiree King, and I'm a senior home safety advisor here in Ontario. Uh, before I share my story, I too will be sharing a story of my grandmother, who when I was in my teens, suffered a stroke and survived for 10 years after that, but remained speechless. The first question I'm often asked when I deliver seminars to groups such as this is, what do you know about aging and you're so young and why do you care? And my response is quite honestly that it's my passion. Now, I'm probably gonna date myself, so don't try to calculate the age, but when I was 14, I volunteered to work as a candy striper. And as a candy striper, I wore that red and white apron. And in my case, I delivered books on the geriatric floor. I then went on to work as a dietary aide in the geriatric ward of a hospital through my high school years. And since then I've worked in or owned several senior related businesses. Most recently, I was a realtor for the past six years who specialized in working with the 55 plus demographic. 
And I've taken a slew of courses in everything from aging in place, downsizing, retirement living options to dementia care. I've also worked as a client care coordinator, one of the leading home health care companies in North America. I must admit that during my time spent as a realtor, I've always felt a pull towards the educating and serving side more so than the transactional real estate side. So at the beginning of 2020, I knew that something in my life was going to change. I knew that my calling was greater than my career. Little did I know, or anybody as a matter of fact, know that we'd be hit with this thing called coronavirus, this awful pandemic that's still lurking. And over the past seven months, coronavirus has killed roughly 9,822 Canadians. 81% of these deaths are linked to long-term care homes. Now, health, health officials have cited the need for rigorous visitor and resident care protocols and precautions in these facilities. However, the solution is also in our hands. We, as a people, as the future elderly population of this country, have to make some decisions as well. And I firmly believe that we as Canadians need to change our thinking and method of caring for the elderly. One possible solution is that we honor the wishes of our elderly members of society and, allow, and, and, and be able to provide for them to stay at home by doing what places like Scotland has done and pouring money into home modifications and home health care as opposed to hospital funding. So over the past two months as I sat at home listening to the news and watching the number of deaths occur with our seniors, I realized that I wanted to do more than I was already doing. I realized that being a realtor did not align with my desire to have a greater impact on the lives of seniors. There's an ancient Greek physician, Hippocrates, and he once said, desperate times call for desperate measures. My drastic measure took the form of me officially resigning from real estate and turning my attention to my one thing, which is senior home safety. Now, while many seniors want to stay at home safely, the fact of the matter is their homes are not equipped to do so. So in preparation for what I see will be a shift in the mindset of seniors, their adult children and society on the whole, my main objective is to assist families in figuring out what is wrong in the homes of themselves or their loved ones and what needs to be addressed in order to allow our seniors to be safe in their own homes. So you may be wondering, why is falls prevention important? Well, the number one reason is falls are common. Falls are the leading cause of fatal and non-fatal injuries for older adults. As a matter of fact, one in four older adult falls each year. And every 11, 11 seconds, an older adult is treated in the emergency room for a fall. Every 19 minutes, an older adult dies from a fall. The second reason is that falls can cause serious injuries. Falls result in injuries such as hip fractures, broken bones, and head injuries. In fact, more than 2.8 million older adults are treated in emergency departments annually because of a fall resulting in over 800,000 hospitalizations. Those numbers are alarming. The third reason is falls are costly. The average hospital cost for a fall injury is over $30,000. Falls with or without injury carry a heavy burden on the quality of life. And after a fall, many older adults develop a fear of falling. And as a result, they limit their activities and social engagements, which really is a backward step. Fear of falling can result in further physical decline, depression, social isolation, and feelings of helplessness. Falls also impact caregivers too. Research has shown that after a care recipient's first fall, Caregivers report a significant increase in caregiver burden, fear of falling, and depression. 
Research has also shown that the toll on the family caregiver's health appears to increase over time. If you are in a position to prevent a fall, whether it is for yourself or as the caregiver or the person you are caring for, you can save time, stress, and money. Falling is one of the most common complications of stroke patients and falling can also lead to reduction of independence of activities of daily living, such as eating, bathing, dressing, toileting, and transferring. There are 62,000 strokes in Canada each year. That is one stroke every nine minutes. As a matter of fact, 405,000 Canadians are living with the effects of a stroke. Today, we have the honor of chatting with, a, with Dr. Richards, who is a stroke survivor, about her experiences, her struggles, and her advice for overcoming with everyone. Dr. Richards, welcome to our show. How are you today? Thank you, Bethree. I am honored to be on your show today and looking forward to participating. Thank you, Jennifer. Now, now tell, what is your story? Tell me your story. Like, what, what, what was your, yeah. what did you do in your, in your younger years and while you were still working? Excuse me, I'm still in my younger years. Pardon me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, before all of this excitement took place, I was very busy working with youth, young people, who. To me, was the biggest challenge in my life, but I enjoyed it immensely. Okay. The only problem with me is that I totally forget myself and I pay attention to the needs of the young people. Okay. And most of them came from the youth child care um, placement with the courts. So you know what that means. That means challenge. Yes. And they were in for theft for every little thing, just minor things, but just the same. This took all of my time. I had to go with them to court. I had to place reports for them with their workers. So lots of meetings were involved. That took all of my time. Sometimes I forgot to take my medication on time, forget to eat on time, and and the beat goes on. Wow. And, and that, this, is something, this, that is something uh, so common. That is something so common with us. So often, I think especially as women, we neglect ourselves for our careers, for our families, you know, to make yes. sure everybody else is good, but our, we are not good, even though we're not showing those symptoms, right? Yes, and this is a good recipe for a stroke or anything of that nature. Because if you don't know that you're not invincible, mm. then you'll continue. And uh, then the result of it is what I have experienced mm. and what most people of that nature would experience. Therefore, this... Uh, this chance to speak to you this evening is an honor. Wow. And, you know, you're giving me goosebumps as you're speaking because I'm now questioning how I, I never, just the other day I was saying to my husband, I don't think I'm always, I'm, I'm doing enough. So I always push myself to do more and more and more. 
You but, never do enough. No, there's never enough time, but we can't do it alone. And when we remember, when we can remember ourselves, mm-hmm. we should pay attention to our needs too. That's one of my major concerns right now. So, uh, yeah. Wow. That's wow. basically the, the retirement part of it. In general, I've retired, but I have not retired. I was going to say that when we joined the call earlier before we went live, I, I, talk, I spoke about retirement. And you said, I'm not retired. And uh, yeah, you haven't because you have done so much. In the, in the, in, I've known you for probably about six or seven years now. And in that time, yep. I've witnessed you accomplish so much, which we'll delve into a little bit later. But what age would you have considered yourself officially retiring from the work uh, that you were doing? Do you mean um, according to whose standards? Uh, society. <laughs> well, society is usually 65. That's when you okay. retire. Okay. Okay. Supposedly, yeah, but uh, life goes on. Exactly. And so I continued. Exactly. So, uh, Dr. Richards, if you don't mind, can you please Mm -hmm. share with us what led up and as well the day of that led to you having a stroke? Well, I will tell you what. The night before I got the stroke, I was very busy. I never even stopped to eat to have my dinner. But my son went shopping and bought a, a case or whatever container of cheesecakes. Now, remember, cheesecake and diabetes and high blood pressure, especially diabetes, does not go too well. Now, I was told I should have just a slight, but knowing me, I know that I don't get sick that often, and nothing happens to me, so I continued. I had, through the course of the night, I had three slices, three ginormous slices of cheesecake. Mm -hmm. Of course, at that point, I'm still up. I was up until about three o'clock in the morning, still doing reports. So I was entertaining myself in the process. No sleep, forgot to take my medication, and then I expected to get up and feel quite okay. But during the course of the night, I must have dozed off. And when I got up in the morning, I was feeling a kind of woozy. I didn't know why I was feeling the way I did because I've never had a stroke before nor have I experienced having a stroke. I decided to go to the little girl's room. I came back out. When I came out, I felt, wow, why am I feeling like this? But no one was around at the time. I was just going up and down the stairs doing what I do best, and I felt my my legs feeling kind of Like, it's not losing balance, but it felt funny, like tingling, you know? So Mm -hmm. I decided, okay, let me sit for a while. And I got up, and then at about maybe 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I felt I was using the phone, and it fell out of my hand. I said, okay, something's not right here. So I alerted my daughter-in-law, 
and she, being a nurse, knew what to do. She she called the the hospital, and they sent ambulance for me. I was still able to move around. I was walking. In fact, I didn't want him to come in with a stretcher to get me. So I walked out to the ambulance by myself. No sirens, nothing. I got in. They took me to the hospital, did all the tests and everything, and I was okay. I was still moving around okay. They were while they were doing the test. I had to go to the washroom, and that's when I realized, okay, I've got no legs now. They're gone. I was hardly able to get out of the girls' room. But that was the beginning of what was supposed to be a stroke. Mm -hmm. Only I didn't know. And that was that. Oh, there you go. That actually leads into my, my next question I was going to ask you. Is, did you know that they were signs of a stroke? So you were completely unaware is what you were saying. I haven't, hadn't a clue about stroke or anything. They mm-hmm. just took me, found that I had a stroke. And apparently my sons were there visiting and they both know, knew what to do. Mm-hmm. With the, um, They started manipulating the limbs right away, you know. Mm-hmm. So anyway... That's where I was, yeah. waiting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but I was in good spirits because I didn't see that there was any great thing the matter. Mm-hmm. Wow. And yeah. so I have a question here. Did you have any health issues that may have been a contributing factor? You mentioned being diabetic. Um, mm-hmm. and, yes, those and are the that was your That was the major factor you think that helped contribute to it? Okay, the blood pressure and the diabetes together does not make good company. Both Mm. of them, in fact, the diabetes went up so high, the reading was so high that it seemed to have knocked the blood pressure out of the ball court and took over. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's what happened. Mm -hmm. Both both of them decided to have a tug of war and uh, the diabetes was in control. Mm-hmm. So I know that mm-hmm. um, diabetics are supposed to follow a rigorous diet. Um, were you prior to the cheesecake? Prior to the cheesecake, were you? Would you say you were following a diet as a diabetic should, or were you? No, no I was not following anything. I just thought having the medication and taking it, which I didn't at that time, right. and. Uh, as I said, I thought I was invincible. I've been going for years and been fine. And well, yeah. the rest yeah. is history. Wow. I'm, I'm going to pause right there and just um, ask Alpha to come off of, of, of his mute. Uh, Alpha, mm-hmm. I know that your mother is, is diabetic as well. Um, when she, I know you were in the hospital the night when she had a series of strokes. Can you please, uh, was she diagnosed as being diabetic prior to that? Oh, yeah, she definitely had um, diabetes. And her situation was that she was also had the cancer as well. And so she was actually going in for another test. So I had actually had uh, the time not really time from work. I went in and I went to the hospital and I was actually studying for a management course. 
So I was doing the different programs and, and I was really trying to push through and get that finished. So I said, okay, well, I'll just take you to your appointments. We got to the hospital and they checked her in and she was in a room. And so I sat down next to her bed and I continued to study. And we were chatting along. She'd ask me something I'd respond. And she said, ow, is there something wrong with my face? And I looked up at her and the whole right left side of her face had gone completely flat. And I said, what's going on? And I pressed the button for the nurse. Uh, they came in and my mom had recovered at that point in time. So I had explained to the nurse right then and there what had happened. And immediately she called for the doctor. The doctor came in and uh, asked me again what had happened. I explained what had happened. And then they rushed her to surgery and they said she had to get surgery right now. So she, they rushed her out and I was now down waiting in another area for the surgery to take place. I was told that she was having uh, a series of mini strokes and they needed to put a stent in place and and they also, of course, were working on the on the cancer at the same time. So they went ahead and um, uh, cut out the cancer cancer cells, and and that was the beginning of the downfall of this little superwoman. <laughs> One common denominator, and I will say it's definitely a blessing, is that in both your circumstances. Uh, Jennifer, you had your daughter-in-law who was a nurse. You have you had your sons who knew what to do, uh, and they were able to because the minute you have a stroke, you start losing brain cells. So they were able to to call nine one one. And Alpha, you were in a hospital. That's the best place. If I mean, it's not. I mean, a stroke is not the blessing at all. But you were in a hospital with your mother where she could get that immediate attention. So that definitely as well was a blessing in disguise for you to have been in that circumstance as opposed to in the household or her not having anyone there. Um, mm -hmm. Both very different stories, but uh, very compelling, very compelling stories. And I'm sure I hope a lot of people who are watching this, you know, give yourself a reality check. You know, are you, are you, are you invincible? We all put on this superwoman cape. Are you a superman cape? Are you, are you living a life like you think you're invincible? This, this, this conversation, we're not even halfway through yet, is a reality check, I think, if nothing else, for everyone, including myself, I'm sitting here getting goosebumps, including myself, to take a check because life can change in the snap of a finger. It really can. Um, Jennifer. Yes, yes ma'am. Are you struggling with any <laughs> side effects since the stroke? And if so, what are they? Like, what are, what, what is, how is of it? Of course, I I still am going through um, working my way back to normal. I still struggle with walking and everything, but I'm able to do everything else for myself, thank God. And uh, I don't want to stress the point that it's not easy, but it is not. You have to be really strong mentally and 
decide to just do whatever you can to survive. In fact, I get very upset whenever anyone sees me and asks me if I need help. And I tell them, no, I'm fine. If I need help, I'll ask. I'm not rude or anything. But when you're used to being independent and doing everything for yourself, it's very, very hard to see yourself otherwise. And until I start seeing myself as helpless, I will continue to do everything to get back to normal. Mm-hmm. So it's also your state of mind that you've maintained. You've maintained an independent state of mind. And I think that's... If really- you don't... Yeah, go ahead. If, if you don't, you might as well give up, wow. which I don't intend to do. It's wow. It's not easy, and people might, it's not pride even, but I believe that if God has given us his potential and we can do all things, I believe in that, that we can do all things if we trust and have faith that things will get back to normal, gradually it will, Mm -hmm. especially when he has assigned you a lot of work. You have to definitely tell yourself it's not over. The yeah. fat lady sing. Exactly. Exactly. Amen to that. Amen. And and Alpha, your mother, how has uh how has she changed since the stroke? Can you unmute yourself? So after the operation and everything, she was back home and her sister was living here and uh, living with her. And she continued to have uh, some fainting spells. So again, all the tests and everything came back that they weren't sure what it was. So we just continued to monitor it um, and keep a track record of when things were happening. Uh, We then put in a uh, a steer, say climber. Elevator? Uh, no, a stair, um, stair lift. Yes, a stair lift. So we put in a stair, stair lift. Lift and and that helped from her bedroom to the main floor so that she could go to the kitchen and do her things. But uh, And she tried to continue, as, as Jennifer said, to try to continue doing everything herself, cooking and, you know, making her breakfast. And one morning she decided that, um, you know, she needed some extra milk and that was down in the basement. So she went down to the basement and went to get that. And then she was coming back up um, with, you know, milk in hand. And, and all of a sudden she had a dizzy feeling and she tried to grab onto the railing and um, she didn't. And she fell right back down the stairs, down to the concrete floor in the basement. Oh my goodness. Um, so that was a major pain for her. Um, She was then, you know, we took her to the hospital. And funny enough, the Lord took care of her in that fall. She did not damage too much. I think more of anything that was more of a mental thing now, that she was more nervous about falls and things like that. Yes. um, Mm -hmm. We had made the decision, I guess that was sort of the, the last straw of her having to do these stairs and we started looking into living in a retirement residence. 
um, so that she could avoid the stairs. And that was the next, uh, sort of the next phase was getting her over there. But um, I would say I spoke to her tonight and uh, I would say that it's still, the, the, the pain from that fall uh, is still lingering. And, uh, you know, and, um, after that, might as well, you know, she went on to, um, she had some other pains that were, and we tried to figure out what it was. And after getting some tests and stuff done, some, uh, you know, some x-rays and things, they found that her hip was actually bone on bone, and that was major pain. And that was what was causing the pain in her leg and nothing that she could try could get rid of that. And luckily the doctor that we talked to said, you know what, I can do the operation if you want to. And, um, and we can get your hip better. And it was just a matter of, you know, her nerves. She was nervous about, you know, going into surgery again, but it was either live with that pain or go and have the surgery and at least try to get rid of some of that pain. So she did. And it was about uh, two, two and a half months after she had the surgery that she was in uh, rehab. And she's finally moved back to her residence with her sister where she's uh, now living and they are clear of any COVID or anything like that. So she's able to now walk from her apartment to the, to the elevator and back with the aid of her walker. And I was asking her sister how she was doing and she says it's much better from what she was doing prior, when, prior to the surgery. So blessings and little blessings that, you know, we have to be thankful for. Yes, for sure, for sure. I will, I will uh, correct a little bit about the story. After the stroke, she didn't have the stair lift. It's after she fell down the stairs, because Alpha is my husband. It's after she fell down the stairs, then she got the stair lift. And um, that's what led to her getting the stair lift. And yeah, she wasn't um, majorly impacted from it, but I do know from being around that I think the arm that was uh, after her stroke, one of her arm became less mobile. So after yes. she fell down the stairs, that arm was and still is continued. She can't raise that arm like this. That's not happening. She cannot raise this arm. And that was one of her biggest yeah. complaints even in rehab was, you know, mm -hmm. some, some PSWs or nurses are more caring than others, I will say. And one of her biggest complaints yeah. to me was that, you know, she'd run into a PSW who wasn't familiar with her and they just left her with her stuff to put on. And she sat there and waited till they came back 20 minutes later. And, you know, the nurse said, why didn't, and she said, well, this arm is not mobile. And, you know, the nurse was asking her, well, why didn't you tell me? Well, why didn't you ask me? So that's also something out there is that our caregivers sometimes need to put themselves or ask the questions they need to ask and put themselves in the shoes of the person who they are helping, because you never know what somebody's story is and what their capabilities are. So that, you know, I, I, I'm exactly. sharing part of the story from knowing the story. Uh, Jennifer, what has been your biggest challenge in recovering from your stroke? Well, you know, I will tell you something. 
I don't know if it's because of my mindset, but even when I went to rehab, they when they instructed me what to do, I'd go to the next level, mm-hmm. and I decide that I don't really need so much help. I, I from the from the beginning, I was able to address myself. My limbs were still moving because uh, when my son is a physio at the same rehab, he would check to see how mo- mobile my f- my legs were. You know, the one that I had the stroke. Well, I have to say on the left side, which is my favorite side that I've always used, I was not able to write or do anything with my hand. Even though I had therapy and everything, I tried moving it. I When I came back home from my, um, my therapy after two months, I was in the kitchen. The first thing I headed was downstairs. And my son warned me, Mom, when you're going downstairs, can you let us know so if anything happens? Well, you know me, Desri. I said nothing. I said, okay. And when they're not watching, I went and practiced by myself to go downstairs without any supervision. I made it downstairs, and then I started practicing how to go back and forth. I always position my mind before I start doing anything. Okay, this is what I'm going to do, so in case anything happens, I can do so. So basically, I challenge myself. Mm-hmm. So it's, I was able to dress, my, even though my arm is still not, 100% back to where it should be. But I was able to dress myself, put my dress, put my clothes on, my shirt, my pants, everything. I With struggles, of course, but I managed to, up to now, everything I'm doing on my own, except I don't get around as much as I used to. I mean, mobile, moving around, walking, and so on. If you don't move every day, Mm-hmm. It's, it goes to sleep. Your legs will not want to do what it's supposed to get lazy on you. Mm-hmm. So that's basically where I'm at right now, trying and, to get back on track. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I read that one of the main points towards recovery is that the person has to keep challenging, challenging themselves to do more and go slightly beyond yeah. their comfort zone to facilitate those changes in the brain. So you shared with us your, the physical, brain. Your, your physical action, yes. but I know I've seen you accomplish your master's and your PhD through this. So Yes, because you know what? <laughs> I am a fighter and I keep telling myself that there is nothing that's going to keep me from doing what I have to say. I speak to the situation and say, okay, just because you see that you got me into this situation doesn't mean I'm going to stay. This is not my permanent address, and I keep on saying that I will not reside here forever. I got work to do, and I keep telling myself that. And in the snow, in the sleet, in the hail, I kept going. But in the beginning when I came home, I was more mobile. I was moving. I would walk from here to Timbuktu and back. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel any way about it, but one day I learned. You see, the mind, it's very powerful. I learned that there was an accident, and mm-hmm. this guy who was a drunkard, 
killed a grandfather and three little children close to where I live, close by where I'm living. And that put me in a quandary that I was afraid to go walking like I used to. Mm -hmm. I can't explain to you what fear that put in me because I'm walking and I'm crossing the street, a big white street, I'm crossing by myself, and I never thought anything about it. But Mm -hmm. at that moment, I got scared. And then, to top it all off, the very weekend that happened, we woke up and found that a tree was missing from in front of the yard. A car drove through, somebody must have been drunk, drove through the yard in the in the morning, we, hours of the morning, knocked over the tree, and only God knows if anyone was out there what would happen. So, you know, that puts you back a bit. Yeah. That's, that's basically, so the mind has to rewi- be rewired. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Wow. Most of my recovery has got a lot to do with the rewiring of the mind because the brain has forgotten how to to um, to walk. So the nerves has to be reconnected. It's the reconnection of the nerves now that is like in progress. So it's a lot of um I can't even say exercise. I do a lot of exercise, and I get um, acupuncture and this and that and what have you. But until those nerves find their way back, Mm -hmm. this is what I'm fighting Mm -hmm. with right now. Mm -hmm. I was reading reading another story from someone who had survived from a stroke, and he compared Mm -hmm. it to it's like a baby learning to walk again except a baby yes. doesn't know what walking is like. You know what it's like. Yes. So that's where the frustration mm-hmm. can kick in. Would you agree with that statement? That's right. That's right. I get frustrated. Not all the time. Sometimes when I get anxious about things, I get frustrated and I say, God, how mm-hmm. much longer, you know? But mm-hmm. um, I just have to wait because mm-hmm. I'm not in control. Otherwise... Yeah. You know, but I'm telling you, you know, something I forgot to mention in the beginning, about almost, ooh, almost 30 years ago, I mean, in my prime, I had an aneurysm. I didn't know what that was, but it was. I was under a lot of pressure from mm-hmm. my business and everything, and I don't know, it took a toll. The family business and everything was sort of making me anxious, and I got an aneurysm, which is relating to a stroke. Wow. And I had nine hours surgery on my brain and was able to get out of the hospital in no time, and the doctors and everyone, they were amazed that this could have happened and I'm still alive, you know? Mm -hmm. So I guess that sort of make me feel that I was invincible because I was out in nine days after nine hours surgery going through because what I was focusing on not being in the hospital to get back to my business and make sure that everything is going. That's all I focused on. And I was able to get out of there in no time unscathed because the amount of things they gave me and told me I had to do and, you know, everything they told me I should be doing it was in defiance. So, you know, I, I don't know if that was preparation because I never thought I'd get ever get sick like that again. Wow. 
Wow. And, um, I, I remember your, your son, who was um, a member of our Toastmasters, who still is, uh, he once mm-hmm. gave a speech, and his speech was that when you feel pain, that is not the first sign. Mm-hmm. So often we think yeah. when we have a symptom or pain or something, that is not the first sign. This has been building up in your body like a volcano. A volcano, just when you see an eruption, doesn't mean the volcano just starts to erupt. The volcano has been building up yes. to this and your body's the same way. So we need to take mm-hmm. care of our bodies before we get the sign or the symptom because that is sometimes too late. You know what I mean? And, and that was a powerful speech he gave and he's a very powerful speaker and it's resonated with me till this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have to remember these things because so easily we forget. I, I, you see, when I got out of the, when I came back from uh, rehab, mm-hmm. I just fell right into the same pattern. Not really with the eating, and so I had to be careful with that. But mm-hmm. I forget that I can't do all the things I used to do. So I decided to go to the backyard because I was feeling strong. I was able to, and I started to push the big garbage pail by myself as if I'm taking it to totally forget that this doesn't happen anymore. And so I wondered what happened here. I'm not able to just move the thing on my own and I fell. Wow. I fell. I didn't let anybody know that I fell because I would get it. Not only did I fall, the thing fell on top of me and I finally found my way out of it. I <laughs> I had to laugh because when I fell, I didn't panic. I just stayed down there and I was laughing to myself. Then I mm-hmm. got up and I knelt down. Mm-hmm. And on my knees, I'm pushing this thing off of me. And it I pushed into the wall, mind you. Of course, it scratched my cheek a bit. But I was able to stand up and pull the thing up. Was it well, one of don't those ask me how I did it, but I was so happy. <laughs> Was this that I didn't new, get caught. Was that one of these new big bins that we have? Not the small bins from back in the, the big bins that we have the now? The same one. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. 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 No, wow. I take a lot of chances, and this is not right, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just wired like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is leading me to another question on lifestyle changes. I know you say you, you're mm-hmm. still have and you do a lot of exercises have you made any dietary changes yes i had to i had to make sure i'm not eating uh well of course i still don't eat on time when i should uh so the diet is i have to stay away from sweet things which i love (laughs) i don't eat ice cream i don't eat uh the cheesecake, I just get to have just a little smidget if my son decides that I should have a piece. And this is the other thing that bothers me. I don't want to be anybody's child yes. to be controlled and told what to do. That really freaks me out. Right. But I go along with the program, go along with the program anyway of being monitored. So it comes I from think a the diet, I stay on top of it. Yeah, it comes from a place of love. It definitely does. I know that. I know. Um, I know. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. My grandmother, um, I wasn't there when she had her stroke in Trinidad. She had a stroke about, God rest her soul, when when I was about 18 years old. And her stroke left her completely, couldn't write, 
couldn't do anything. She became bedridden. Yes, she lived yes. for eight years after. But what I will share oh is that she was diabetic as well. She had high blood pressure as well. And I'm from the Caribbean, mm -hmm. so she ate the traditional, typical, you know, Caribbean diet, which is yeah, not- Yeah, all the starchy food, all the, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah I tried to have greens, <laughs> a lot of greens. Yeah, we, we had a nurse um, who took care of her, who helped to take the family take care of her until she passed away. And mm -hmm. by the time, because that person was feeding her and giving her the right foods appropriate to her diet, when she died, yes. diabetes was not a cause of her death. It was nowhere in that, in that report. Diabetes was gone. So it was something okay. that, because it was sad that she had to get to that point to eat as she mm -hmm. should. But it was cured, mm -hmm. for lack of a better word, by the time she passed away. So diet is, okay. is so, so, it's so, very so fundamental. It's very important. I'm, I'm using, I have some supplements. There's something called FOL that is an antioxidant, and it has other things in it that's nutritional, plus mm -hmm. other things that I'm taking along mm -hmm. with these things to mm -hmm. help me to follow through with the program, you know, but right, um, right. yeah, wow. but it's a part of life journey. We got to learn as we, life teaches us as we grow and we get mm -hmm. wiser, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And and Alpha, yes. um, as far as your mother goes, um, I know that the hip was the main thing for her because bone on bone is painful, no matter how much painkillers you take. Uh, yes, yes. And now I, I do hear her more eager because before she couldn't exercise because it was painful. Even walking mm -hmm, the hallway. Mm -hmm. Have you heard any changes in her as far as that goes now? Well, the, the main thing is that the pain that was in her leg is not the thing that she's focusing on. Um, the pain in her shoulders now is, is the thing that she's wishing she could get rid of. And I think that now that she is sort of free of the other pain, she can start looking at different remedies, um, different modalities, uh, you know, some massages and maybe even some chiropractic uh, to help mm -hmm. with, with those areas. And just to see if that could now ease her pain because it was just too much on her legs. Um, but now okay. that those, that's gone maybe she can now work on those and she's willing you know she's looking for to have uh somebody drop in and do some and check on her yeah yes these are since your stroke you live in a bungalow correct or is it a back split what type of home do you live yeah. in yeah it's, it's a, bungalow. a bungalow okay so you have have you made any modifications to your home? Um, I know stair lift, maybe not, but like grab bars, that type of no. thing, in the shower, walk in shower. Have you made any modifications to your home? No, 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 no. I get into my shower by myself. I, it's all challenging yourself. I mm -hmm. uh, At first, I would just shower downstairs in the shower, but mm -hmm. now I can climb into the bath without any um, alterations or anything. I just... Um, do it. And uh, I get out safely. I just position myself when I'm getting out. Before I get out, I position myself to go in and out mm -hmm. to avoid falling, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, Jennifer... No, I haven't made any changes. Okay. And what 
would you say, what do you feel are the main contributors to your recovery? I know a strong mindset, exercise. Is there anything else you would add to that list? I would love to be able to get my my brain to put my nerves back in place because uh, my son showed me an exercise that I need to do. The affected leg does not feel like it wants to get up and do anything. So the other one that is okay is overcompensating. Not that it doesn't want to, but it feels like there's a ball and chain on it, Mm -hmm. the stroke leg feels like I've got a ball and chain on my ankle. It's heavy. Wow. It's like there's, and I'm dragging it most of the time. So because the unaffected one has been supportive of it, it's been taking advantage and decide that, well, let let her do all the work. And now what has happened? That unaffected side is now feeling like I fell on the ankle. And it's sore, really sore. So mm-hmm. that's uh, I really have to work on that now wow. to get it back. In, that, that's in a order. powerful description to ball and chain. I'm sure we can all begin to we can all imagine that's how that it that feels. Way. Wow. Okay. okay. Yeah. So anyway, I'm gonna I don't even it. think about it or pay attention and okay. just have to find some way to move yeah. around just the same, you know? Okay. I'm gonna pivot from that yeah. now. And I know you're the founder, you're also the founder of an organization called the Lioness Circle. Uh, oh, yes. So what does that name represent, the Lioness Circle? What, what does that represent? Okay, it represents like the family structure, the mother being the caregiver and everything like this, the foundation, the platform for everything in the family, right? So the Lioness, you know what she does. She's even in charge of the um, up, the upbringing of the children and the the father because you know most of the homes are fatherless but the fathers are still there the mothers are supportive of the fathers mm-hmm. she goes out and she brings the food and everything but most of all the lightest circle is here for res- restoration of the family to bring. Mm-hmm some kind of um, bringing the family back together through the mindset. We're working now on a lot of counseling around post-traumatic stress disorder because a lot of our people have suffered without even knowing that they're being affected by the things that has happened to them from childhood right up and affect their relationships, affecting everything in the society. So Mm -hmm. the lioness now is in charge of bringing the family back together. And that's basically what we're doing through education. And we have no... um, most of our families, they have made no preparation for generational wealth or anything in case of anything happening. We have to educate on that, how to make sure that we leave a legacy for our generations to come. And our spirituality, getting reconnected with the mind of God so that we can hear from his, his viewpoint which is already laid for us and 
I just want to do the raising raising up the generation that has fallen. That's what we're working on now. Mm-hmm. Restoring the life life um, lifeline mm-hmm. pipeline. That mm-hmm. yeah, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, but it starts first with the mind. Yeah. And then goes the mindset in a positive way, yes. All right, and, and, and you mentioned legacy. Um, what do you want your legacy to be? Wow. You know, the legacy of a firm foundation where you start, you plant the seed when it's early. A lot of our young people who are getting into relationships and so on, they don't have the wherewithal. They don't know anything. They just think it's romance, it's this, all the uh, media presentation. But the reality is that we have to build a relationship where God is the center of everything. Whether they believe it or not, we still have to put it in the program and make sure that God's word is being presented. All the principles that's been put in place for us to follow and the legacy that you want to pass on that your children will be able to maintain themselves without getting into a lot of unnecessary debt and building. It's all about building relationship and building a foundation that will last for the next generation to come. Mm-hmm. And it's got to do with love, loving self first, and mm-hmm. loving no lo- loving God first and then self, and making sure that you're not selfish. You want to share everything that will build people and raise your consciousness to a higher level mm-hmm. where God can use you. Mm-hmm. I think that's a whole lot. It's a whole lot. But as I said, the mind is the center because that's what God has to communicate to us through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I agree with you, definitely. Um, what advice would you give to our listeners? Um, looking back at, at, you know, what advice would you give our listeners on on on, we can't, there's no surefire way to avoid having a stroke. But what advice would you give our listeners on steps they could take, preventative measures that may help them in not having a stroke? That would be the best way to word that question. You have to first make sure that if you're instructed by a doctor, if you have high blood pressure or diabetes or anything that will contribute to this thing that you are aware of the fact that this will result in a stroke if you don't pay attention to them. We cannot be too slack and thinking that everything will be okay just because we skip a, a meal or we skip our medication, whatever we have to do to maintain your health. It's very important. And once you have something to do, just stick to it and don't don't give up. If you in, If you have a stroke already, and you have to get over it. It's hard work. So if anything, try to prevent it by just following instructions from mm-hmm. your doctor. 
go and get your checkup as often as you can. Don't be like me and leave things behind and go and eat cheesecake and all these things when you're not supposed to. Mm-hmm. So that's the recipe for a stroke. I think cheesecake is a problem, you know, because I will not touch cheesecake right now. I'll share a story, nothing to do with strokes. But when I was about nine, 10 years old, my mother made cheesecake. And I love this thing mm-hmm. so much that I ate a whole don't cheesecake in one night. And let me tell you yes. how I got sick. I got so, so, so sick that to this day when I see cheesecake, uh-uh, I'm not touching it. So cheesecake yeah, man, cheesecake is good, but it's rich in calories, and that thing, I'm afraid in the cheesecake. I will not touch cheesecake, because I was that sick from cheesecake. I just had to add that part in I don't, <laughs> I don't know what stopped me that night. I was having a ball eating my cheesecake, but it's in bed. I'm having a ball. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer, we're wrapping up a little bit here now. You've accomplished so much in the time I've known you over the past 10 years. What is next? It's crazy. <laughs> I don't know. I think I kill I think I want to climb the Kilimanjaro. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Really? <laughs> no, I've been invited last year. Oh, last yes, year I was invited. Okay. So you may you may take that up. We were supposed to climb the CN Tower. That can sit now. I want to climb the Kilimanjaro. <laughs> wow. I did the CN Tower yep. once. Um, <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> of my husband. I will not do it again. Uh, but I did do it once. And that's good enough bragging rights for me. Once is, hey, I did it. I've conquered that. I'm good. Yeah, you needed that. <laughs> wow. That is, that is a serious. I wasn't expecting that answer. But wow. I, I definitely... I definitely need to know when you're doing that to journal that one and have you back on the show Listen, sharing that. I story. intend to do that. I don't care what anybody say. If it's on my knees or whatever, I'm going to... Because last April, there was a trip that was going there. Remember I told you that I got yes. an award? Yes. And one of the ladies said that this in, in um, April last year that we were going to have a trip to go to Kilimanjaro. And, of course, COVID came in instead so uh, wow okay but well look, I don't i'm looking i wouldn't have been able to make it that time but sometime i will yes <laughs> i love it i love it i love it jennifer what motivates you you have such a wonderful oh god what motivates you you know it's good to be have a cheerful spirit and never say die okay i have this one poem that has always motivated me. It has inspired me and I use it a lot to inspire other people. And I believe in not, once I get started on anything, I don't believe in quitting. Mm -hmm. So I, um, this is what my motivation is all about, not quitting, just keep going. So there's like a drive, something that drives you, you know? So I, um, I don't know where are we now in our meeting. We are, being led, love... we are being led by the Spirit, and I want to hear your poem. <laughs> okay, my poem is Don't Quit. So just bear with me, and I get that in order. All right. 
So Jennifer is going to share her, her motivational poem with us. Yeah, you're fading away a little bit. Start all over again. That would be great. Go ahead. Yeah, let me start all over again. Okay. Okay. This afternoon, I'd like to leave you with a beautiful poem. It's called "Do Not Quit." No, don't quit. No, I want you to listen to it quite intensely and see what you can make of it. It goes like this. When things go wrong, as they sometimes will, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the debts are high, and you want to smile, but you have to sigh. When care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but don't you quit. Life is strange with its twists and turns, as every one of us sometimes learn, and many a failure turns about when you might have won had you stuck it out. Don't give up, though the pace seems slow. You may succeed with another blow. Success is failure turned inside out, the silver hint of the clouds of doubt, and you never can tell just how close you are it may be near when it seems so far, so stick to the fight when your heart is hit. It's when things seem worse that you must not quit. Is this not a beautiful poem? I, I live by this. Yeah. It helps me, it inspires me, and you know, I've used it on many occasions to support the way I think. Never give up. I don't believe in giving up in spite of all the obstacles. In fact, I know for a fact that these are the things that we have to experience in life to become that solid, solid rock foundation that's already built for us to stand on. And if we trust in God and believe him and take him at his word, he can do anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He is on potential in man. Mm -hmm. Have a good evening. And thanks for tuning in and listening to us. Thank yes, you, my love. And Alpha, um, th thank you, Jennifer. I grew up, I was saying the poem with you as you were saying it, because I think it's one of the ones that my mother gave me um, to motivate me as I was. As yes. I was and it definitely helps you to press through the struggles that you may encounter in life. Um, so yes, it does. Beautiful poem. And I, I thank you so much uh, for sharing that with us. Uh, before we go to yes, questions, <laughs> before we go to mm -hmm. questions from the viewers, Alpha, do you have, what have you learned from, from watching what your mother has gone through? Uh, diabetes can be something that's hereditary. 
um, what have you learned from this and how have you modified your life accordingly based on what you've seen your mother going through? Yeah, I'm a pretty healthy person and I've uh, often taken care of myself uh, when it came to health and when it came to what I put in my body. And one of the things that I noticed is that uh, there was a cocktail of pills that my mother would take. And I know for a fact that I would, I'm, I'm not going to be on that cocktail. Uh, I know one of, one of the doctors that I had 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 given me some pills for at one point for high blood pressure. And, um, mm. you know, and, uh, and uh, not high blood pressure, but let's see, um, uh, you know, towards diabetes and, and it was to uh, cholesterol, cholesterol, high cholesterol. And when he gave it to me, I, I could feel a change in my body instantly. So one of the things that I, I, I know for a fact is that, that I have to listen to my body and listen to how I feel because yeah. when I took those, I realized that I'm, I'm not feeling well. So I stopped taking them. And I didn't go and see that doctor for three years. I'd actually went and saw a naturopath and um, I told her what the issues were that I was having and, and she put me on a plan. And in 31 days, I was so much better that um, mm. I went back to my doctor to have a checkup. And he said, you know, those pills I put you on three years ago, you don't need to be taking those. And I said, don't worry, I wasn't taking them. <laughs> and, uh, and so that's the kind of thing. I, it's, it's one of the things that I would leave with people is to look out for the signs. When you see something, check with a practitioner. Um, some people say, oh, well, you know, what would a naturopath know or what would a chiropractor? Listen, check with, check with them, give them what your issues are, let them, let them just do a test on you and see if they can figure out what could be better for you. And, um, and, and of course, pray and, and exercise and eat properly. Mm -hmm. Wonderful advice. And I will, I will top that off by saying, we are not telling anyone to get off their medications. This is not medical advice. We're not doctors. We are just sharing with you other people's experiences and what they have done. So this is not advice. Don't go saying Desiree said this or Alpha said that. No, 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 no. You still need to go check your doctor and make sure what you're doing is what's yep. right for you. But we're saying to explore your options. That is all that we are saying yes. on the show. And that's my disclaimer right now. We're not telling nobody to come off their pills. Yes. So making sure that's part of it. Um, do we have any questions, Alpha, coming in from the audience? I can't hear you. You're on mute. I don't see any questions. I just see a lot of hellos. And, and uh, thank you very much um, for sharing, Dr. Jennifer. Um, you know, they, they, they really loved what you had to share. Uh, um, and they really enjoyed the program tonight. No, this show Wonderful. is really, this show is not really about the multitude. It's about reaching that one. If we can reach that one person tonight, needs to hear this. Each one, each one. Each one, each one. It's all about reaching that one person who may need to hear this on the brink of not knowing what to do, who may have just had a stroke, who may be on the brink of having a stroke and can make that change. So that that is really mm -hmm. what we're here to do is to share what we have learned 
Uh, Jennifer, before I flip back onto the screen and start sharing, you know, definitely stay with us on the show, but thank you so much, so much, so much. You have been a blessed friend in my life. You have been such an inspiration. You too, you too. <laughs> such an inspiration, <laughs> such an inspiration. And definitely, <laughs> I, I do look forward to, to working with you in the Lioness Circle. Uh, I know it's something that we've yes. been in and out, bobbing and weaving on, but I definitely in and out, but still there. <laughs> I'm still here, but I definitely do look <laughs> forward to 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 working with you um, in a bigger capacity in that as as time yes. you know more available as time and, goes by. Exactly. But let me tell you something: this inspirational thing and motivating people. I yes. remember one evening I was leaving school, and this young girl looked at me, and she's smiling. And I said, she says, I know, I remember when you graduated, and I'm, and looking, I'm looking at you. At you. And then and she then said she to, me, to me, you are the you one, are the that, one that, 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 uh, that motivated me to, 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 to start taking this course. Wow. Interesting. So, I, so that's I amazing. Said, you never know what you're doing that may motivate someone else, right? And yeah. I, I definitely think you've been a motivation to a lot of people tonight. I know you have been to me because really, I am you, that person who is going, going, <laughs> going, 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 like Superwoman. I can so see it. it. Yeah, it, it's really giving me a self check to say, Desiree, no, you know, you need to. But, but, you got to balance, balance things. things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen to that. Now, I just wanted to share with everyone. When someone's having a stroke, the faster you recognize that they're having a stroke, the better. As you can see in both these situations, we've shared stories on. And the word fast yes, yes. is actually what you think of when you think of the signs of a stroke. So I'm sharing with you fast. The F stands for faith. Ask the person to smile. Does one side of the face droop? A is for arms. Ask the person to raise both arms. Does one arm drift mm -hmm. downward? Speech, S, speech. Ask the person to repeat a simple phrase. Is their speech blurred or strange? And T is time. Time is so critical. If you observe any of these signs, call 911 immediately as you've seen in these stories. I'm sure by, by, mm -hmm. by these, these, these Alpha and, and, and Jennifer's family members calling 911 is why they are here today, able to testify to their individual stories of, of, of Jennifer for herself, and Alpha for his mother. So please remember this word fast. I cannot begin to, to stress how much helping yourself, a spouse or an aging parent to, to, to avoid falls goes a long way towards preserving health and independence. And tomorrow is Monday, November 23rd. I invite you to come have some fun, join in and test your knowledge on fall reduction and injury prevention, prevention words with a game of fall prevention word scramble. If you would like to be a contestant tomorrow, please email me by 3 p.m. tomorrow at Desiree at SeniorLiving411.com so that I can send you the login information for that, for, for the show tomorrow. Uh, before I go to my final screen, Alpha, uh, do you have any final words for our viewers? Stay safe and... Look out for the signs and move fast. Okay. And Jennifer, do you have any final words before I go to the next screen? Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. Stay, stay, stay away stay from away toxic, toxic food, food and toxic, toxic people. people. Ooh, yes. 
yes toxic people that's another topic on the show <laughs> but definitely yes yes um thank you for joining us everyone remember that all discussions can also be found on the youtube channel on the senior living 411 channel or on the senior living 411 podcast please remember to like this broadcast share this broadcast or subscribe to this broadcast and follow us on Facebook on the Steel Living 411 Incorporated uh, page and join the Steel Living 411 series private Facebook group where we post various top various things outside of this on, on different specials we're aware of, different one of our, our affiliates, what they're doing and, and, and so much more. So again, thank you tonight for joining us on this show. Thank you again, Dr. Jennifer Richards, my friend, my mentor, my my inspiration. And okay, okay, okay. <laughs> she's, she's like, no, no, it's enough, it's enough, it's enough. But you are. I don't know if I've ever told you. And sometimes in life, we often don't tell people, um, you know, how we how we feel about them. So I'm just letting you know that you are appreciated. You are appreciated, and thank you so much. And uh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, but I'm not going any place too fast or too soon. No, I'll be around for some time. You're not allowed to go anywhere. You're still young. You're still young. It's nice to know uh, just the same. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so thank you, everyone. You can see you had fun on this show. And hopefully, you, if nothing else, you've taken away, you know, take care of yourself. We take care of others. Take yes, care of yourself. Sure. Mm -hmm. Take care mm -hmm. of yourself. Those are my final words. And have a wonderful, wonderful evening.